Hi. Radio. Hi, this is Jaikar, and um, it is November 3rd, uh, 2017, and welcome to Women's uh, Grace and Grit, um, What the Bible Left Out About Women and Men, Part 2. Um, and today I want to um, focus in Part 2 on kind of the grounded, practical um, steps, choices, tasks, um, uh, sleuthing um, for you to do about both what it was in your experience of your mother um, and where she stayed silent um, and what that created for you, what that um, made as an imbalanced understanding, belief, um, choices in relationship. And again, we've only got 15 minutes, so this is a very huge topic um, because clearly the relationship between men and women is not a healthy one um, in many ways. And um, and some of what I may say today is a little provocative. Um, it's different. Um, I, you know, my education wasn't um, only through um, kind of the intellectual. Uh, resources of the West, it was very much about sitting at teachers' feet for many, many years, um, both Native American in upstate New York, um, as well as out in outside of Taos and Santa Fe, um, New Mexico, and then um, over over in India and um, Thailand. So, um, and between all of those views, there were many common. Um, themes that but there were differences between the way of looking at men and women and from the eastern um, vantage point or the eastern you know legacy and the western so um, I'm going to share a little bit of that again a very short time but I want to try to help you begin to understand just how powerful and not in always the best and positive way how our mothers stayed silent and what they stayed silent about um, and the reason they stayed silent. So that said, let me read uh, today's write-up and then I'll go into um, some thoughts about what you can do in a very practical way. In the first part of what the Bible left out about women and men, I spoke about some of the historical roots of violence against women and the subsequent silencing of women's voices. And how when you grow up as a woman in a culture where the silence of the mother is prevalent, it can be difficult to speak up and out for yourself and others. Yet the world we've created, though not challenging the sins of the father and the silences of the mother, is a world which struggles with rampant violence against women and its humanity um, in the world. So today, I want to share ideas and exercises for discovering where the silence of the mother has affected your life as a woman, and even your relationships with men, and how you can begin to change how your mother's silence impacted you and your own voice as a woman. For what you see, you can heal, and what you choose to give voice to has the power to change your life and the world. So one of the things that um, I want to kind of go back to what our mothers stayed silent about. And, you know, one of the things they have found out, no matter what part of the world you are in, is how powerful stories are. And the story we tell about something, whether it's true or not, 
whether it's accurate or not, has a power to it. And it often has been historically the way that cultures passed on information, passed on wisdom, was through the stories. Whether it was story, um, you know, fables, mythologies, um, sitting around a campfire, um, the story of, you know, what that that revered warrior did or what that amazing midwife did. Stories were a way to expand um, a person's understanding of what was possible and what was true. Now, that said, it can work both ways. Stories can all, can expand, but where stories are not shared, then what that does is 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 not create a, a a void as much as it creates an absence. So a void at least is a space you can bring something into, right? An absence is you don't even necessarily know something is absent. You don't know what you don't know. So when your mother stayed silent about something, whether it was her happiness, her unhappiness, or what she you know, did or didn't respond to in her marriage, in her relationships, um, how, she, how your mother used her voice will, will translate um, to how you, how you use your, your voice. So if your mother allowed bad behavior and didn't speak to it, you will either believe that that is what a nice woman does, a good woman, a woman who wants to stay intact in a relationship does, or you will rebel against it. But rebelling is very different than making a different choice. Rebelling is a repelling. It pushes back from something, but you're still using whatever it is you're pushing back from as as a determinant, a, a you know, you're still in relationship with it versus changing to a different relationship. So one of the things women consequently struggle with is how do I speak up in a way that is respectful to what I know to be true or respectful to my need to speak up, but also respectful to the people I may be disagreeing with or, um, or um, you know, speaking up for. And this is where a lot of women, you know, voices go uh, silent. And, you know, you just listen to and read the the telling uh, the, the tales and the recounting of people coming forth and saying, I was abused this way by, you know, Harvey Weinstein. I was abused that way by this person. There's a consistent telling of how they stayed silent for fear of uh, consequences. Yet, yet they also didn't, <laughs> they also didn't say, huh, if this is what I have, as an experience, how can I ensure that those who follow me don't have the same experience? And, you know, it's funny because one of the things I hear at some point with every woman I work with is, but it won't make a difference. If I speak up, it won't make a difference. And that is true. You know, I'm not going to argue that. But but it's true only from the place that you expect every action to immediately result in a consequence. The truth is there's two levels of life. There is what you see and there's the vibrational level. When you stay silent on something you know is yours to speak to and speak up about because you are in the experience of 
witnessing it. You're in the room with what just happened, and you know that it needs it needs to be spoken to, it needs to be spoken about, and you stay silent. You create a discord in your own vibrational energy. And there is a price to you. It's, it may be minuscule in how your mind and how we've been taught to think, but it is real. And when you stay silent, then the person next to you who might have had that experience the week before or the month before with that same person doesn't know. And and so now they are also going to go silent because they too feel like it's them. It's not, you know, it's not the perpetrator, it's them. And so one of the things I tell women when they say, but it won't make a difference, and I go, you don't know that. You can't, you can't measure what you believe will be the impact outside of you against what the power and kind of your responsibility is to speak to it. So there are two different measure, ways to measure um, a choice. I make a choice and it creates an effect outside of me that I can see and measure. I make a choice and I can't see that effect and can't measure it. It doesn't mean it didn't have an effect. And one of the things I help women understand is when they don't give voice to what they know or what their experience is or what their outrage is or don't give voice to stand up for someone who is even more vulnerable or young or old or scared than they are, then then the bullies win. Then what is continues. And yes, one voice alone may not make a difference, but one voice saying, I am choosing this, along with another voice saying, I am choosing this, you know, it's the, it becomes geometrical. And who's not to say you aren't the person to start the dominoes rolling? Who's, who are you to say your voice won't be the tipping point? That's that's challenging the belief that we are are in control of what happens or doesn't happen. What I help women do is say, be, show up, speak up, stand up. You don't know what it will do, but you do know what not doing it will do. And you know it's the difference between the belief in control as the preferred outcome, the measuring stick for success or not, or for or it's it's pivoting to I am, and because I am, I am, meaning I am witnessing what what I am having this experience. I am witnessing. I am feeling I need to speak. Okay, that's the I am, and if you simply honor the I am, it will never be wrong. It will never take you to a bad place. It may take you to an uncomfortable place. It may take you to the place where, you know, one of the things I was struck by was reading, for many of these women, they stayed silent to to get a job, um, you know, to stay, you know, confident that they would be hired, you know, as an actress by this man who was abusing them. And, you know, one of the things I remember hearing from one of the teachers I studied with years ago in, in, in India was he said, you know, I'm going to say something provocative, um, he said to us, and you're not going to like it, especially, you know, the, the American women are not going to like it. And I thought, okay, already my back is starting to go up. And um, he said, you have to know where you are a prostitute. And I was like, what? And he said, look, you know, in life, there's a choice. 
Do you keep your grace or do you sell out? Do you do what you know is right or do you sell out? And he said, I'm using this word to get your attention. He said, but be, become aware of where you sell yourself out, where you betray yourself. Do you betray yourself for a relationship? Do you betray yourself to not rock the boat? Do you betray yourself to be liked? He said, those places of betrayal will only harm you as life goes on. He said, because life isn't about um, making certain you stay in the lines. Life is about showing up and being. Um, so, so one of the things that I am going to suggest you do if you're listening to this podcast is really think of where, now that you're older, and, and you can kind of track where are you angry at your mother, um, or where do you not like your mother? Or where are you uncomfortable and would be really, really uncomfortable if someone said you were like your mother in that way? And go, okay, what is what is the silence that's associated with where I don't like her, where I don't respect her, where I don't want to be like her? And and write that down. You know, write down where do I don't like her, where do I not respect her, where do I not want to be with her, and say, okay, what is the silence associated with that? And, um, you know, did she not speak up for you? Did she not defend you? Did she not, you know, advocate for you? Whatever that silence is, write that down as well. And then begin to take, so you've got the what you didn't like about your mom. You have the, what the silence was. You have, you know, kind of, then the third column would be, and where do you do the same in your life? That's the hard piece. This is the hard piece because it's, it's we're very good at pointing outside of ourselves at what we don't like. It's much harder to realize where it has kind of crept under the radar, um, and we too are doing it and are not owning it. So that's one exercise. The second exercise is to go through a week and you know just do this every day for a week and notice where you choose not to speak up you choose not to share what you're thinking you choose not to say no you know stop that i don't like what you're doing to that person or you know that's really rude stop it notice where you as i call it choke back the words now you may not literally choke back the words but just notice where you go and your mouth closes inside of you springs up something whether it's outrage or anger or you know agreement even or whatever but then you watch your mouth close. Just notice where you do that in each day for a week. You will begin to notice what it is, whether it's about wanting to be a certain type of, be perceived a certain type of way by men. You're going to not want to, or you're going to see you don't want to stand out, or you're going to see how safe you feel in, in even your friendships at times. Just begin to notice where your silence is in your adult life um, lie. And then from that, you can begin to understand what your issues are of security, of fear of rejection, fear of exclusion, fear of not being liked. And these are not small fears. I mean, you know, fear is not (laughs) an unreal and not tangible um, energy to deal with. But start with those exercises and you'll begin to understand while we may judge women staying silent, they had their reasons. Now, 
again, the beauty of having something kind of turn a corner, as it seems this whole concept of assault is, um, can can be helpful for us to start to get different choices. And I think I'm out of recording time, so I'm going to stop now. Um, you can always email me, J-A-I-K-A-U-R at com. Have a wonderful day and talk with you next week. Bye.